Well, hey, look, I'm not going to start off with the scripture today. I'm going to start off with the title of the message, and then we're going to pray, all right? So are you, are you guys ready for this title? It is a prophetic proclamation over 2019. So if you're going to wait to take notes, just start right now. You guys ready for it? All right. I declare that 2019 is the year of the level up. How's that? Let me try this side. So... I declare that 2019 is the year of the level up, right? I like it. Y'all like it? Our staff, we've been getting together and praying every day. When we do it every Tuesday, we have a staff meeting. And we were just, what's the Lord saying to you? What's the Lord saying to you? What's the Lord saying to you? We were going across, talking to everybody on the team. And there was this consensus. And even though the language was different for everyone, there was this consensus that this is what the Lord is speaking over this family, Legacy Nashville, that 2019 would be the year of the level up. All right? So, Lord, we pray right now together. As a family, we thank you that your presence is in this place. We thank you that you are in this place. It's not just some ethereal presence, some mystical cloud of, of uh, you know, a feeling or a vibe. It's actually the person of Jesus that's in this place. And so we want to say thank you, Lord, for faithfully showing up to be with your sons and your daughters. Today, we pray that everything that we do and talk about will be blessed by you and ultimately bring glory to your name and advance the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Lord, we bless 2019 right now, and we thank you for 2018 right now. In Jesus' name, we pray, and everyone said amen, amen, amen. Well, I'm going to define for you guys what I believe you know, the level up is. But before I do that, I want to ask you a couple of questions. This is officially the last Sunday of 2018. And uh, I'm excited about being in church and getting to leave this year with my hands held high in victory. If you've never lifted your hands in church, that's all right. Have you ever lifted your hands at a ball game? You know, that, you know you're like, victory. That's how I want you guys to leave church today. Just like high-fiving people, like, like we just won, you know, because you did. But let me ask you a question. How was your 2018? Today is a very good day uh, to reflect and to begin to process the year 2018 because you're in the house of God. You're in a place of the presence and prayer. And I also want to ask you, have you made resolutions yet? If you've made a resolution so far, just wave at me. Say, yeah, I've made some resolutions. Did you make any last year? I'm sure you did. I made some, you know. Let me ask you another question. Did you build what you wanted to build this year? Did you steward what God spoke to you to steward? What will you accomplish this year in 2019? What will you build this year in 2019? Now, I believe with all my heart, the Holy Spirit truly is speaking to us as a family that 2019 is the year of the level up. And when I Google searched level up, you're probably surprised. The only thing that came up as a definition was like an, in a, a gaming term. You know, like play video games. Like uh, my son right now is obsessed with Super Mario. You know? And so when it comes to leveling up to go to the next level, right, that's about the only place you're going to find definition for this language. But to level up, I thought it applied. To level up means to progress to the next level. How many of you guys want to go to the next level in 2019? How many of you guys want to go to the next dimension? Forget a level, you know, let's just go to the next dimension in 2019, right? 
But here's the thing. It also means, now this is from Google, all right? It also means to advance one's character to the next level of development. Now, in a gaming world, when you're playing a game, you know, if you like, I, I like to play games. Anybody else in here a gamer? One person, okay. Bro, you know, send me after this, talk, what's your Fortnite name? We'll jump on, run duos, you know what I mean? Nobody else knows what we're talking about. But I love to, I love to play games, personally. And you know what I love about games is like you can buy skins or you can level up your player and you make them look better, you get better weapons or you get add-ons and upgrades. None of you guys are going to amen me. So none of you guys have been trapped in the vortex of angry birds or whatever those things. You know, it's like these games come out, man. They get you, they get all your money by buying things that don't matter, right? But the point I'm trying to make is that whenever you look at it from the perspective of gaming, to develop one's character means one's, you know, inanimate, you know, person on the game, right? But I really felt like a connection to this definition because I was like, man, one's character, not a character in a video game, but a character, my internal reality, what's happening on the inside. So you guys are not going to help me preach this this morning. So what's happening on the inside and how that determines the level that is happening in my life on the outside. Because how many of you guys know breakthrough happens on the inside first? And unless we get breakthrough here internally in our spirit, in our soul, in our mind, right? We're not going to get breakthrough in the natural, in the flesh, in the physical, in our jobs, in our ministry. There has to be a development of one's character. There has to be a breakthrough internally that leads to a breakthrough externally. Everybody say upgrade. My mindset. Some of you guys didn't say that last part. Upgrade my mindset because God has to upgrade our mindset here so that we can begin to believe for the things that he wants to do out here. You know, I I really don't think that we're guilty of dreaming too big. I think that we're guilty of thinking too small because we serve a God that fashioned the universe. I mean, he spoke and there was light. I mean, what can, what can God not do through you, if you will, choose to believe him and his ability? These are some things that I'm considering as I'm, you know, creating resolutions or setting goals. And, and here's what I've had to stand on. 2019 will be a good year. I know that sounds simple, but for some of us, that's profound because 2018 has been a bad year. And you don't have to shout about it, but I did get one amen. Yeah. But, you know, when we say 2019 will be a good year, don't just say, you know, two thumbs up, Lyle, from the surface. Like, get, get it down deep in, in Kentucky, and I don't know what this means, deep down in your crawl. You guys ever heard an old person say that? I, I, somebody needs to Google that and tell me what that means afterwards. A crawl space? Is that what it is? Deep down in the foundation. Kristen's also from Kentucky, so she knows. But God is going to be good to you this year. I want to say it again for you guys if you didn't catch it the first time. God is going to be good to you this year. You just, just breathe that in deep. And this has to be foundational for you because as you progress to build 2019, as you build what God's called you to build this year, you must build upon a foundation of truth, which is God is always looking to be good to me. 
Psalm 23 and 6 says, Surely your goodness, everybody say goodness, goodness. and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Doesn't sound like it's taking a break, does it? I mean, God's goodness is hunting you. It is pursuing you. It is chasing after you. God's unfailing love is chasing after you. Now, I know that 2018 may, I know you had some valleys in 2018. We all did. But can I remind you of a truth? You made it. You made it. You're alive. And the fact that you're alive tells me that God has been good to you in 2018 as well. And if you look back at 2018 and the only thing that you see is bad, then I just I want to submit to you very humbly that you may need a reformation of perspective a little bit. Because when bad things happen, it's very memorable. Sometimes we remember the bad things more strongly than we do the good things. Can somebody say amen on that, right? You know what I mean? It's like we remember the bad times. We don't always remember the good times. And if you're a builder like me, I mean, I'm a builder. I'm an aggressive builder. I love to build things. I love to start new things. I love to pioneer and take path for God, you know. Some, one, one of the pitfalls of that kind of personality is that, you know, you'll sit in the bad things a little bit longer than you should, but you won't celebrate the good things as long as you should. Yes. Do I have anybody else in here that's like that, you know? Instead of pausing and having a party and celebrating the breakthrough that God, you know, brought to you, you're like, yeah, that's great. Okay, another day. Let's hustle. Let's work. Let's keep going. Let's progress. But what I've learned with people who are like that, sometimes the bad things carry a sting a little bit longer than they're supposed to, a little bit longer than required, a little bit longer even than their victories. And uh, so for some of us, I think that we don't need to just, you know, reflect on 2018. For some of us, we need to revise 2018 because God has been good to you. You're alive. You're, you're, you're breathing. You're, you're alive. You have the opportunity to worship God. You're with the Lord. You have intimacy and connection with the Holy Spirit. And 2019 will be a good year because God is good. And this is the foundation that we're going to build off of. Build off of. You know, I want to tell you guys a personal story real quick uh, that, that happened to me in 2018 on my birthday, actually. And, um, and, and I'll, I'll kind of you know, preface this a little bit by my journey as a church planter. So you guys have seen hashtag three and three. Uh, we're going to be celebrating three years as legacy on January the 27th with our third service launch. That, that's a reason to celebrate, isn't it? It's a reason to celebrate. If you're a church planter, you're happy about what God is doing in our house. I, I know a lot of church planters. God has done some tremendous things in the last three years. Um, but you know, I've been a church planter longer than three years. You know, we didn't start out as Legacy. We started out as Iris. And we're still an Iris-connected church family. Uh, Mama Heidi uh, and Papa Roland Baker are still spiritual parents to us, and we're still very much connected with Iris. But when we first started Iris Nashville as a missions base, we had a desire to express ourselves as a local church also. And can I tell you guys what my anticipation was? <clears throat> 
I was coming in from India as a missionary. We had rescued over 400 kids from human trafficking. We had established a network for pastors. Almost 5,000 pastors were a part of that network. We'd helped uh, to establish eight different homes for orphan children. We were caring for 2,000 orphan kids in Southeast India. I mean, God was bringing so much breakthrough. I didn't know what I was doing. I was 25 years old, a kid missionary, seeing all of these amazing things happen. I mean, salvations in mass. It was awesome. And I was like, man, everything that everything I touch turns to gold because God is so good to me. You ever been in that place where you're like, I am so favored? I mean, you get every parking spot. It's just like everything is going. I mean, it's just like, you know, Job said his steps were bathed in butter. You ever felt like that before? You had a season where you're just like, man, I'm just, it's just a slip inside glory here. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I can't, nothing could go wrong, you know? And uh, I realize now, some of that's just being in your mid-20s. <laughs> you, know I mean? you know what I mean? And, and, and I, I used to say, man, I don't know if I'd ever encourage somebody in their mid-20s to plant a church. Now I'm thinking, that's a perfect time to plant the church, you know? Because you're seeing the world through rose-colored glasses a little bit. Even if some bad stuff has happened to you, like, oh, man, God is good. Everything's good, you know? And uh, so my anticipation, I'll be honest with you guys, my anticipation was like, man, we're going to plant this church in late 2011. We're going to have a conference. Heidi Baker's going to be there. David Hogan's going to be there, another hero of mine, missionary to Mexico. And I'm going to preach the first night. And it's going to be phenomenal. You guys, we only had one administrative meeting the night before the conference. Who would plan a conference that way, you know? <laughs> we had 800 people show up. We didn't even have ushers. We didn't have an ability. We didn't, we didn't have a way to take an offering. We just set a big chest down at the altar and said, if you have money, just come and give it. It was wild, man. God met the expenses and then some. We were able to, you know, pay all of our speakers well and honor them. And my anticipation was, man, this thing is going to blow up. We're going to have a 1,000 people in a year. We're going to be the fastest growing church on the cover of Outreach Magazine. God is going, you know what I'm saying? Like God is going to transform the city of Nashville through the leaders and the disciples that are going to be raised up here. I mean, like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be the next Stephen Furtick. You know, this is getting... With, with the, that size muscles, which how many of you guys know, that's hashtag goals right there, man. He's a built pastor. You know, and so, you know what I mean? And, and so, like, these are all the things that I'm thinking. And then, boom, we, we are meeting in a house for the next 10 months, struggling to get off the ground. Offerings are $50 a week, and we've got 30 people who all hate church. You know, they're like, we're happy you're meeting in a house. If you ever call this a church, we're gone. You know? And here I am thinking, I left, you know, this place a great breakthrough to then, you know, plant this church because I felt like that I was following God. I felt like this is what God spoke for me, uh, to me to do. And I'm just feeling like I must be out of the will of God that I heard wrong or I'm in warfare. You guys know what I'm talking about. You ever been in that place before? So you're rebuking demons. You're, you're getting inner healing. You're trying to figure out what's happening because everything externally is not going the way that you expected it to. You expected great breakthrough, but then all of a sudden, man, what is going on? And, you know, we've had great victory. We've had great breakthrough. We've had good things happen. But can I tell you guys, as a pastor, some of that pressure just never lets up. It, it really, it, it, it doesn't, you know. Uh, anytime I go to a conference with other pastors, you know what the first question is? They, 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 what you running now? 
which means how many people are going to your church. That's what pastors mean when they say that. You know, so there's this constant pressure. You know, I never get any mail here. I, I don't ever get any mail from a, a magazine or a ministry marketing publication that tells me how to help the church fall more in love with Jesus. I get all kinds of publications about how to develop a better parking lot team or processes or systems or how to get people to come back after they've come a few times. Because you see, there's always that constant pressure of like, you got to be better. You got to be bigger. You got to be doing things. You got to be impressive. You got to make your mark. And before long, I didn't, I didn't know it was happening to me at the time, but I started to diminish some of my expectations of what I felt like God would do through me. Have you ever been through, have you ever been to that before? Because see it, you know, faith, there's a big difference in faith and like identity, right? Like faith says, man, God can do anything. And anybody can say that, but identity and truly having a, a, a God founded identity says God can do anything through me. You see what I'm saying? So I'd come to this point where I was, I was a man of great faith. I'm like, man, God can do anything. But I don't know if he wants to do anything through me. Wow. I don't know if he wants to plant an amazing church through me. I don't know if he wants to start a thriving ministry that transforms our city through me. Maybe through another church. Maybe through other leaders. I don't know if he really wants to influence our generation through me. Maybe through that guy on Instagram, but probably not through me. You know, you sort of get in that cycle of discouragement and disappointment. Anybody else been here? Am I preaching to myself this morning? And, you know, like I, this, this year, my birthday, I turned 34. And, uh, you know, three plus four equals seven and a divine number. So I'm like, oh, man, I get, profet- I get weird prophetic about my birthday. And I'm just thinking, God's saying something about everything, you know. And so I'm, I'm going on a prayer walk around my birthday. And, and I'm walking around and I say, God, what are you saying over this year? And all of a sudden, this butterfly lands on me. And I told you I get weird prophetic about everything. And how many of you guys have heard a sermon about a butterfly? We all have. If you grew up in youth, man, you've heard the story of the butterfly. You know what I mean? So I'm annoyed. I'm like, I don't want this cheesy message. You know, I want a good, strong, prophetic message, you know? (laughs) You know, no. I'm thinking, coincidence, you know, so I just walk on. And uh, and I'm walking a little bit further. I'm walking up a hill. And then I look over the trees. Two or three butterflies just flying past me. And I'm thinking, that's got to be more. It's is a weird day. You know, September 5th must be a day for butterflies. You know, and so I'm walking on. I get over to where I, I do my prayer walks, and, and another butterfly lands on me. By the time I get home, another butterfly lands on me. I say, okay, God, what are you saying? You want to give me a message about the butterfly? I know the message. I preach the message, Lord. And, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, this is a resurrection year. He said, this is a resurrection year. And I said, well, that, that's all right. Amen. You know, you're thinking, okay, what does that mean? You know, what's dead? You know, I'm alive. I'm thriving. I'm doing good. You know, he says, this is a resurrection year of hope. And I, I said to myself, well, God, in order for it to be a resurrection year of hope, then hope would have had to die in my life. He said, Exactly. You have stopped hoping with the security and the stability that you hoped with at a younger age in believing that I would do anything through you. You have bought into this idea that I can do anything, but that I don't do anything through you because you're less than or you're not as good as or you're a second-class citizen or there's somebody out there that deserves it more than you, but not you. You're last in line. He said, I'm going to talk to that mindset this year, and this year is going to be a resurrection of hope. Right? And uh, 
So to be honest with you guys, that transformed something on the inside of me because I stopped my perspective. It shifted from remembering the bad to believing God for good. And here's what I learned, that unmet expectations can paralyze dreamers. Unmet expectations can paralyze builders. People who build, entrepreneurs, people who are passionate, people who are aggressive, people who want to build something, or even people who move to Nashville to hit it big or get breakthrough or they're dreaming for breakthrough in ministry or to meet certain people. Like unmet expectations can paralyze the builder. Unmet expectations, missed goals, and renounced resolutions, they can hurt the heart and injure the soul. Would you guys agree? Hey, but can I tell you something? God has not stopped dreaming. God has not stopped building. You know, I love what Lou Engle says. You don't have a dream. God had a dream and wrapped your flesh around it. You don't have a dream. God had a dream and wrapped your flesh around it. 2019 is going to be the year of the level up. And so no longer can we allow the unmet expectations of our past to determine the expectation we have for our future. I felt like that was better than some of y'all said amen. Right? Listen. We cannot look through the lens of our past and the unmet expectations of yesterday to determine the level of expectation that we have for our future. We can't do anything about the past. There's nothing you can do about the past. You can't change it. You can reframe it, but you can't change it. But here's the thing. You are not prisoner to your past. Amen? We have to reframe and revise The reality that just because I have unmet expectations in my past does not diminish my ability to dream for my future. Bury it and let it go. Bury it and let it go. Here's a guarantee. Every single human being has experienced unmet expectations. We've all missed goals. We've all given up on resolutions. Move on anyway. Just take that as a word for yourself. Move on anyway. Maybe you're not stuck. Maybe you just stopped. 2019 is a good year to restart and level up and move forward because God wants to be good to you. And from this place, we need to set our resolutions. We need to build from this place. We need to set our goals from this place. I know people who don't like resolutions. I have some friends, people in ministry, they don't like resolutions. Uh, But I don't have any problems with New Year's resolutions. Me personally, I count my salvation date New Year's Day. So... January the 1st, 2006, it'll be 12 years or or 13 years, you know, that I've been saved. That's awesome for me. I like that. I'm going to celebrate that, you know. Sometimes I don't feel comfortable telling people that because they're like, you hadn't been saved that long. You're a baby, you know. Hey, God uses foolish things to confound the wise. That's all I can say, you know. But I personally will applaud any and all attempts for anybody to improve themselves and do more for God. And I think we all should do the same. If somebody's trying to be better, celebrate them. You see somebody setting a goal or a resolution, celebrate them and encourage them. Don't be like, that's dumb. They'll never get there. Celebrate them. Takes no energy to be cynical. I think one of the reasons why New Year's resolutions are often abandoned is because they're too small. I'll be honest with you. I think they're too small. Whether you accomplish them or not, no real impact has been made on your life as a whole, which is why they're so easy to give up on. So when I say, hey, it's the year of the level up, what I'm saying is stop dreaming so small. Don't make resolutions just for your life. 
this year. Make resolutions for your legacy. Start dreaming bigger. Start thinking bigger. Start thinking, man, hey, this is the year of the level up, and it's time to build for the long haul. Don't just set goals about your career either. Set holistic goals that have to do with how you build your life. What are you going to build this year? What are you going to steward this year? What are you going to create this year? How are you going to build? You know what I believe? I believe God wants us all to build. Do you guys believe that? Yeah. He all, God has put a legacy in each and every one of us. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. That's you. That's you. Amen. Amen. All of us have a legacy, not just to leave behind one day, but we have a legacy to choose to live today. Yes. Yes. You guys believe that? And, and, and this is the year to start if you haven't started yet. But how you build is really important. And I want to read to you guys a scripture from Matthew chapter 7 about building in a wise way. All right? So you guys ready for this? Yep. You guys ready for this? Yes. I'm not going to let you, you know, just be sleepy 9 a.m. This is the last Sunday of the year. Yes. This is the last Sunday of the year. We got to get excited, man. I want God to shoot you out of a cannon into 2019. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, man, I like that. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. You guys got it on the screen. I'll read it if, if, yeah, here we go. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and, everybody say and, does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Who's the rock? Come on, let's go. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, whoa, right? And does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and, and it fell and, the, and great was the fall of it. That, you guys like that scripture? I like the scripture a lot because it has to do with building. And I'm thinking right now, what are we going to build this year? What are you going to build this year? God wants you to build. He wants you to plan. He wants you to set goals. And he wants you to be wise in how you do that with your life. He wants you to dream because he lives within you. He's dreaming within you. And you know, how you build today will determine the, the future your kids live in. So we all should be mindful of what we're building. Because how many of you guys want to leave the world a better place? A better place for your kids and their kids. And if we're going to build a great life, then we must build on a great foundation. And the Bible teaches us, as well as engineering, that if we build on a bad foundation, then we'll actually build nothing. I'll let that set in a little bit. right? The Bible teaches us, as well as engineering, that if we build on a bad foundation, here's what we build. Actually, nothing. Because everything that we build will eventually be destroyed. To build our lives on a bad foundation guarantees that we'll experience destruction. So we'd better be wise and build properly upon a strong foundation. Now, I know we said, who's the rock? Jesus. And we're all excited about that because that's the truth. But when you really look at this scripture, you have to consider to be wise and to build a great life, you must build upon more than Jesus as your religion. You must build upon obedience to Jesus as your Lord and God. Can you guys show the scripture one more? Here we go. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, everybody say and, does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and does them. Everybody say obedience. 
When we talk about building a great life, when we talk about being a wise builder, you must do more than listen to God. You must obey God. You guys getting anything out of this so far? Not only is obeying God wise, but it is also the foundation of true success. If you end up rich and famous, but you've been disobedient to God in the process, you're not really successful. You're just temporarily comfortable. Let me say that again. If you end up rich and famous, but you've been disobedient to God in the process, you're not really successful. You're just temporarily comfortable. Money and status can be blessings. But just, become, but just because someone has them does not necessarily make them obedient. True success is obedience to God. Yes. You guys believe that? Yes. True success is obedience to God. That's what, that's what true success is. Yes. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm, I'm the most radical Christian. Well, what, what does it mean to be radical? Obedient. Totally. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm the most successful person. What does it mean to be successful? Obedient. And you see, this applies to everybody. You can't use a metric that's exterior to rate your level of success or goodness in life. It's not just about your morality or the teacher that you follow. It's about your obedience to Jesus Christ. That is the only metric that we have, and that happens internally, for success. Because true success is obedience to God. If you believe that, say amen. Obeying God is the only way to build a truly great and godly life. On the other hand, though, taking this from the scripture, on the other hand, disobeying God is unwise. If obeying God is wise, disobeying God is unwise. Can I tell you this? Here's a sure way to ruin your 2019. Disobey God. Should I say it again? It's a power pause, okay? Here, here, here's, here's a sure way to ruin your legacy. Disobey God. It's a sure way. You know, my mom used to say this to me when I was a kid, and I always hated it, but I get it now. Disobedience is the same as witchcraft. Anybody else have a mama that would talk to you like that? Disobedience is the same as witchcraft. You better watch that mouth, boy. It's true. It's true. So there's a scripture actually, 1 Samuel 15, 23 says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. I mean, my mom was quoting scripture. (laughs) For rebellion is as. You know, in the original language, that word there, as, is not in the, it's not in the original text. It's just rebellion is witchcraft. That's what it is. So to disobey God is to temporarily rebel, which leads to deception. You with me? And we could go, I mean, I should do a sermon series on that right there. Because I'm telling you, our generation is suffering from that right there. Suffering, man, from that right there. But, you know, I I learned this the hard way. I couldn't stand my mom growing up. And I'd say that if she's sitting right here. I honor my mom today. I love her to death. But, man, she she ran a tight ship, man. You know, and she would tell me what I needed to hear, whether I wanted to hear it or not. You know, that's what she would say. Hey, look, disobedience, that's witchcraft. You know, you obey, you honor your mother and your father. And she, ta- she preached this to me up, I mean, well, she's still preaching it to me now, <laughs> you know. But here's the thing, like, I went through a season, I went through a rebellious season. Anybody else in here? You don't have to raise your hand. 
I went through a rebellious season. You know, I, I moved out of my home, uh, my parents' house, when I was still in high school, okay? So, I, I, I mean, when I rebelled, I'm telling you, I rebelled, right? I was, I was into drugs and alcohol at a very young age, and I was, I was estranged from my parents for a number of years, uh, no part of church or family or anything like that in my teen years, and, and, and was distant from God. Well, one time, I was living out on my own, and uh, I got bit by a spider. Yeah, I know, it's crazy, right? I got bit by a spider in the stomach. Right, And so at first, you know, when you see it, you're thinking to yourself, well, it just looks a little gross. I'll pop it. I know. Some of you guys are grossed out by that. You know, something's going on here, you know. So I did that, and it didn't get any better. And so I'm like, man, I better go to CVS and get me some, you know, alcohol and stuff. And I did that. It didn't get any better. And so finally I did. I, I wised up. You know what I did? I called my parents. And, you know, I went, I, we, were, we were disconnected, and I, I wasn't living with them. I called my parents. I said, hey, look, I got to do, I don't know what happened to me. I got bit by a spider or something. I need to go to the hospital. Can y'all help me? And my mom said, yeah, I'll help you. And, see, normally it would be my dad who would step in and help. But I feel like my mom was just enjoying this. You know what I'm saying? Because it was like disobedience, witchcraft, son. So it happens when you're in that witchcraft, you know. And... Um, and so we went, you know, we went in, and, and, the, and the doctor looked at it and said, yeah, that's what it is. You know, you got a spider bite. And, and, uh, they, and then and I said, well, man, you know, what, what are we going to do, you know? And my mom's just sitting there looking at me. And the doctor says, well, says, uh, we're going to have to lance it open. And uh, before we do that, we're going to give you a shot. But the thing about getting local anesthetic in your stomach is that sometimes it doesn't actually kick in until you leave. So chances are this is going to be very painful. You know, and so I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this is bad. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what, what's going to happen? They said, listen, we're going to bring in about five nurses, and they're going to hold you down. Because, I mean, I know, right? Because this is so painful that we just want to make sure that you're, you know, you, I, we got to be precise, man. You can't move, all right? So they said, go ahead and lay down, you know, take your shirt off, and, and we're going to come in and prep you with these nurses. So the doctor leaves and nurse leaves. And the, so I'm, I'm waiting, you know, I'm in, I'm, I'm just, I'm there. Can you imagine how long this is? It's like seconds ticking away slowly. I'm thinking I'm about to get my stomach cut open. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I'm laying there on the table and I'm not saying anything. My mom's not saying anything. And then all of a sudden my mom just leans over me as I'm laying there in the bed. And she looks at me right now and she says, how long you going to run, Jonah? <laughs> That's, that's exact words, I'm telling you, precise. And I'm thinking to myself, Mom, you should have compassion, you know. But it's the truth, man. Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. And I know that that's heavy. I realize that's heavy. Some of you guys, theologically, you may disagree with me a little bit. But that's exactly what disobedience is. Disobedience is momentary rebellion that leads to deception. What? Deception? Hold on. Wait, Deception? That's what witchcraft is. Let's look at James 1 and 22 real quick. It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Otherwise, you are deceiving yourselves. See, the byproduct of disobedience is deception. You know the worst part? Deception is subtle. You know, it's rare that one act of disobedience to the Lord destroys your entire house. 
That's what we call mercy. Right? It's very rare that one act of disobedience just wipes out your whole house. Right? That's what we call the mercy of God. Praise God that every time I sin, my whole house doesn't come crashing down upon me. Do you guys agree? Thank you, Lord, for your grace and for your mercy, right? But unrepentant disobedience leads to deception over time. Unrepentant disobedience leads to deception over time. Here's the thing. Nobody builds on top of sand knowingly. There's there's nobody out there laboring on their house when the foundation is sand and they know it. If they knew it, they would stop, right? Deception is subtle. Right, you're disobedient not once, twice, three, four. You just keep building, thinking, man, I'm building on the right foundation. I'm blessed. Look at me. Things are going good for me. I was thinking about this this week, and I said, man, one of the most dangerous places a Christian can be in is be disobedient to God, but use money as a metric for God's reward. Does that make sense? And I, I mean, I'm just going to leave that there. But there's something there that I just see a lot of folks in our generation doing that. Well, I'm blessed. I'm fine. I'm not disobedient. But if they really take stock at the end of the year on the last Sunday of 2018, they really take inventory. Like, have I, have I, have I obeyed God? Am I being obedient to God? Am I laboring? And I, am I building a house on the sand? Thinking I'm building a strong tower for God? If you're not obeying God and you haven't obeyed God this year, I want you to examine your foundations because it's a new year. It's time to build. It's time to level up. And if you're not obeying God, you're being unwise. And what you're building will eventually collapse. And here's the truth. The collapse is also God's mercy. You know, even when it all collapses, even when it all gets broken down and destroyed, even that is God's mercy. Because how merciful is God to let you know that you don't have to spend your entire life building something that's going to be destroyed. That he gives you the opportunity to repent and to come home so that you can build a lasting legacy upon a sure foundation, which is obedience to Jesus Christ. So now that we've set the cornerstone on obedience to God, I want to encourage you, church, build. Don't build another year on the wrong foundation. As you dream, as you set goals, as you create resolutions, you've got to decide there's not one thing good for you outside of God's will for you. Don't build towards what seems good and desirable if it does not line up to what God has spoken. If God has said no, no good will come from it. Can I I say one other thing? Don't set goals that would remove you from God's revealed will for your life. It's very practical, but can I encourage you with that? Don't set goals that would take you away from what God has spoken about your life. Just leave them. Nope. Don't find any good in what God has said no to. Don't be deceived. God is not withholding stuff from you. He's not giving it to others. He's not ignoring your desires. He's not unfaithful to your prayers. To believe those things is to open yourself up to deception. Here's the reality. God's not obligated to your timeline. Delay does not mean denial. God is not obligated to our timeline. He's the one who created time himself. So be wise and obey God. Now, as I'm closing here, if you're like me, you're probably ready to roll into 2019. How many of you guys are ready to roll? You guys ready to go? I'm ready to go. 
I'm ready to get moving, man. I'm ready to build something spectacular with the Holy Spirit. How about you guys? I am. Uh, we're going to, over the next month, you guys are going to get little moments of vision and hear about what God's speaking to us about this year. And it's been wild, man. 2018, the latter part has just been like a take the limits off kind of moment and season. And we've been dreaming. And you know, it's funny thing I realized this week is that just before Jesus was launched into his ministry, he was chomping at the bit. Just before Jesus was launched into his ministry, he was ready to roll. I mean, he was like, let's go. You know, just before he was launched into his ministry, he became hungry. Right? That's what happened, right? He was in the wilderness. Matthew 4 and 3 says, And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. The enemy knew Jesus was hungry. The enemy knows that we're hungry to build something. The enemy knows that we're ready to roll. Jesus was ready to launch. But you know what Jesus didn't do? He refused to create bread from the stones and appease the flesh to get a quick win. Instead, he obeyed God and he left a legacy. God had already spoken to Jesus. He wasn't about to give way to momentary temptation to give up what God had called him to create. And I'm encouraging you not to either. You know, temptation always comes before provision. Temptation always comes before provision. And in fact, temptation is a signal that provision is on its way. Temptation is a signal that provision is on its way. If you've been tempted by the enemy to build your life on things that God has not revealed to you, just deal a death blow to that temptation because it's a signal that provision from heaven is on its way. There's actually something greater. I can promise you, if you're taking matters into your own hands and building what you want to this year because you know that God's good, but you just don't think he's good to you, you're building on the sand. Come back home and obey. So this is what I'm going to leave you guys with. Obedience is the link to the level up. Everybody say this with me. Obedience is the link to the level up. If you're going to level up in 2019, here's the link to do that. Obedience. Obedience is the link to the level up. If you're going to level up in 2019, obey God. Say yes to the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for His revealed will over your life and do that. You might do things in addition to it, but don't do anything at the expense of it because you'll build on the wrong foundation and everything you build this year will eventually collapse. That's what the Bible says. It's not my opinion. It's what God says. Don't be deceived. God's not withholding anything from you. If he spoke to you and you haven't done it in 2018, you got two days left. Go back and do what God has spoken to you to do. He is faithful to give fresh words in the presence. But we can't choose just to abandon the words we don't like because they don't fit into our timeline. Go back and do what God has said. That is the foundation that we must build upon if we are to build a legacy. And the church said, amen. amen.